I'm Mike Heimer with Heimer Farms in Montgomery, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We've got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. Our show today is coming to you from the largest beef cattle educational event in the world. It's the Texas A&M Beef Cattle Short Course on the campus of Texas A&M in College Station. They have over 2,000 people registered both here in person in College Station as well as online for this year's Beef Cattle Short Course. And of course, they've got a great lineup of educational events and speakers. And we'll try to bring you some coverage from this year's event coming up in today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The outlook calls for more winter wheat in the Texas High Plains in the coming season. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Knowing the differences between heat exhaustion and heat stroke during this extremely hot and dry summer here in Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and we'll take a look at both of these conditions and how to prevent getting into either situation on Texas Ag Today. And, of course, coverage from here in College Station at the Texas A&M Beef Cattle Short Course. We'll have all of that, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The largest beef cattle educational event in the world is now underway on the Texas A&M campus in College Station. It's the Texas A&M Beef Cattle Short Course, and it runs now through Wednesday of this week. They have over 2,000 people registered, both in person and online. Dr. Jason Clear is the coordinator of the Beef Cattle Short Course. You know, we typically see a lot of interest in our some of our basic cattle production sessions. Our forage sessions are always very well attended as well, as well as just our basic nutrition. And then, of course, on Wednesday, our demonstrations, people really enjoy going to see those, whether it's uh, building a fence or processing cattle or, or cattle gathering techniques, cattle handling techniques, or just looking at carcass quality. Uh, those are always a big hit. One of the big sessions that we've heard here at the Beef Cattle Short Course is the general session talking about the market outlook and the weather outlook. And to talk more about the weather, we're visiting with Matt Makins. He is a meteorologist with Cattle Facts. And Matt, the weather has definitely been a top concern here in Texas after dealing with two years of drought and then a spring that was just incredible. 
And then we're now back into drought. So uh, let's start out by talking about what happened this spring. Why in the world did we go through two years of drought and then have this massive spring, which turn right back into drought? Sure. Everybody's talking about El Nino being here. Uh, but, you know, you got to pump the brakes on that a bit. When you transition from one to another, we were La Nina, now we're going into El Nino. When you transition, you can't expect it to be like flip a coin, it's going to land on one or the other. There's a period where the atmosphere is debating itself on, should I hang on to La Nina or go to El Nino? And we we saw that firsthand. So, you know, we started the year off very, very dry, very La Nina, and then May hit us. Well, really late April, but through May hit us and it's like, wow, what's this new pattern about? We're getting water everywhere. That was the atmosphere saying, I'm in El Nino now. Well, what happened when we got dry here in June and July? The atmosphere went back to saying, I'm not so sure on El Nino just yet. But as we go forward over the months ahead and certainly through the fall and winter, the atmosphere is going to say, I'm El Nino. I'm here to stay for a little while. And that's going to be better for, for production as we go into the winter next year. So what should producers look for as we get into fall and then transition into spring calving? As you look at a map of the country, El Nino kind of starts its impacts over the southeast, Florida, Gulf Coast states, eastern seaboard. And and it does so by giving them the water. And that's how you start off a season. But as you transition, say through through November, December, get into January, that moisture starts to cover Texas. And it may try to get to the southwestern U.S., but really starts to move into Texas. So as we get into those colder months, look for a gradual transition into a wetter period. The later winter, that's the bigger impacts. That's when we're wettest. And that may be in the form of ice, snow, rain, depending on where you are in Texas. But that's also a key time for calving, obviously. So if we're getting these increased storms... With increased frequency of cold temperatures, you gotta watch out for spring calving, especially with El Nino's risks increased for cold impacts. But this is still a good sound and forecast for, say, wheat uh, uh, pastures into next spring. It's a much more favorable forecast than what we had going into this year. Matt Makins, he's a meteorologist with Cattle Facts. Matt, thanks so much for the insight and appreciate your time. My pleasure. We'll see you next time. The Texas rice crop is currently a mixed bag of yield and quality due to the weather. According to the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service, rice planting got off to a slow start this year due to rain and cool spring temperatures. It was then hot and dry, which contributed to decent yields but lower quality. Drought also impacted rice production west of Houston as water supplies were cut off for an area that represents about a quarter of Texas rice acreage. This year, a little over 140,000 acres of rice were planted, down from 190,000 acres last year. AgriLife reports dry conditions reduced disease pressure, but high nighttime temperatures reduced yields around 10%. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. After years of devastating drought, it is now a good time to be in the cow-calf business in the Texas panhandle. Hemp Hill County Extension Agent Andy Holloway. Because we've had these rains and because it's green and pretty in the Texas panhandle, Lots of our producers have not either sold out completely, they might have sold down, but some of the producers in our particular county of Hempfield hadn't even sold down. They've been able to hold on to their herds completely. And those people are in the driver's seat because when you can sell 
wean calves off of your mother cows for sixteen to eighteen hundred dollars, it's a time of record profits for those cow calf producers. Holloway says cattle producers need to be careful when buying high-priced replacement heifers to rebuild herds right now. He recommends using all of the available tools to manage risk. The outlook calls for more winter wheat in the Texas High Plains in the coming season. James Hunt takes a look at the winter wheat situation from Amarillo. As we head deeper into August, we're in that time when we generally anticipate planting of winter wheat to begin in the Texas High Plains. Many farmers will wait until, say, October to get going, but regardless of when the planting gets underway, Texas A&M grain marketing economist Mark Welch believes favorable weather will motivate farmers to plant more of it. I think with the moisture prospects, again, hopefully with a shifting weather pattern back to an El Nino system, which is generally more favorable for winter wheat from Kansas and Oklahoma and Texas, usually gives us a, you know, a wetter and cooler winter. I'm looking for much better things for winter wheat production in the Southern Plains for this 24 crop in terms of acres and yield, a significant rebound on the production side when it comes to U.S. winter wheat. Of course, the potential downside to higher production is that it could depress prices. But Dr. Welch reminds us the influence on winter wheat prices is international. We're talking about global markets. The U.S. only accounts for 6, 7, 8% of world wheat production. So total, we're relatively small, but we're a major exporter uh, still. But yet uh, a larger winter wheat crop, hard red winter crop in particular for wheat in the U.S., that would be a negative influence of prices in and of itself. Then we'll see, of course, what happens in other parts of the world, you know, production prospects and trade and wars and all those kinds of things. There's an opportunity to hear Dr. Welch talk more expansively on the topic of wheat marketing at the annual Wheat Heart Wheat Conference. That event is coming up this Thursday in Perryton. For more details, contact AgriLife or search online using the words Wheat Heart Wheat Conference. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The summer heat is just not letting up, and that's making for dangerous conditions for Texas farmers and ranchers. Tom Nicoletti says it's important to watch out for both heat exhaustion and heat stroke. Ranchers and farmers continue their work outside in the intense Texas summer heat. For them and others, staying hydrated by drinking plenty of water and wearing proper clothing to protect against the intense rays of the sun are very important. So is knowing the difference between heat exhaustion and heat stroke. Waco physician Dr. James Sharp is here today to explain those differences. Let's start with heat stroke because that is a life-threatening condition that is marked by mental status changes, confusion, possibly seizures, or complete unconsciousness. Prior to that, a person will have symptoms of heat exhaustion, which is certainly still a very serious condition, but they can start out with symptoms that are misleadingly benign sounding. Uh, They might be lightheadedness or headaches or feeling of weakness. A person might notice clumsiness or abdominal cramps, nausea, vomiting, or diarrhea, very heavy sweating. We might be inclined to think it's a dehydration issue, but it's not exactly. But actually, a person can be well hydrated, but because of overexertion in 
extreme temperatures that we've been having and the humidity, we can still suffer from heat exhaustion. Now, doctor, what can people do to prevent these conditions? This far into the summer, many people are acclimated to their work environments, and that's fantastic. But every day, a person working in the heat needs to be taking out time to cool off, drinking icy drinks, making sure they're well-rested. And if a person has been recently ill or feel like they're coming down with something, that's a great day to take it easy and not try to push as much as they normally would be able to because that illness can predispose you to a bad outcome. That is Waco physician Dr. James Sharp. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Online registration for the statewide quail symposium ends soon. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And the quality of native grass declines at this time of year for stocker cattle, so feeding a supplement may be the answer. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next as we continue our show from the Texas A&M Beef Cattle Short Course in College Station. When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. As the quality of native grass declines during the summer for stocker cattle, feeding extruded grain could be the answer. Dr. Bob Judd has more on an Oklahoma grain supplement program. The Oklahoma Super Gold Program was designed to meet protein, energy, and mineral deficiencies for steers grazing native range in the late summer using grain milling byproduct-based supplements. One study indicated feeding 2.5 pounds per day of a 25% mid-protein supplement containing ionophore increased gains by 0.7 pounds per day and adds a pound of gain for every 3.6 pounds of feed. Dr. Beck goes on to say at Drovers.com that recently an extruded distiller's grain cube has become available in Oklahoma, and Jordan Adams at Oklahoma State showed that extrusion process decreased the fiber content while increasing the crude protein, fat, and total digestible nutrients of the distiller's grains. A series of experiments by Oklahoma State grad student Zane Grigsby on native grass prairie sites investigated using distiller's grain cubes in the Oklahoma Super Gold Supplementation Program for growing steers with mineral supplements containing ionophores offered free choice in a separate complete mineral mix. On average, feeding two pounds of extruded distiller's grains cubes per day in the late summer increased gains of steers by 0.6 pounds per day, so this required 3.3 pounds of feed to produce a pound of gain. Feeding additional supplement increased gains, but the amount of grain fed per pounds of calf gain was not efficient. Higher feeding rates have the potential to increase stalker rates on pasture, as has been seen with previous research. The researchers believe supplementation of grazing calves in the late summer with extruded distiller's grains can be highly profitable even in years with high input costs. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. 
Online registration for the statewide quail symposium ends soon. Jessica Domel has the details on that symposium in today's wildlife report. Next week, hunters, landowners, and other students of quail from across the state will travel to Abilene for the 2023rd Statewide Quail Symposium. Dr. Dale Rollins, Outreach Director for the Rolling Plains Quail Research Foundation, says the event will kick off August 16th with a tour of the research ranch in Roby. That gives participants a great opportunity not only to learn more about the facility and its goals towards preserving their heritage of wild quail hunting, but it also gives them the opportunity to see the landscape. If you were to say, I want to draw up a landscape that's good for bobwhite quail, you want to see the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch because it's that kind of thing. So it goes to the teaching method of show me and I remember kind of thing. And looking across the fence is always a useful tool for educating landowners. The symposium will continue August 17th and 18th in the Abilene Convention Center. We'll be presenting research, not only what we're doing there at the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch, but also we have uh, specialists coming in from the East Foundation in South Texas, from the Caesar Clayburg Wildlife Research Institute, from Sol Ross, from Texas Tech, from the Tall Timbers. Uh, there's a big project going on in East Texas now by one of my former grad students, Dr. Brad Kubechka. And again, it's it's bringing hope to a landscape there in East Texas that hadn't seen or been able to enjoy quail hunting in many years. So a lot of exciting things we'll be offering at the symposium. Again, the statewide quail symposium is August 16th through the 18th. You can register online through Tuesday. Cost is $100 for regular admission and $75 for students. That website is quailresearch.org, quailresearch.org. You may also register at the door. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It's time once again to check the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle complex traded lower on Monday as traders were hesitant and waiting to see what will develop fundamentally this week. August live cattle down a dollar twenty to one seventy nine seventy. October live cattle down a dollar forty seven to one eighty one forty two. December live cattle down a dollar twenty seven to one eighty five seventy seven. August feeder cattle down two dollars and fifty five cents to two forty six ninety seven. September feeder cattle down two dollars and fifty seven cents to two fifty eighty seven. October feeder cattle down two dollars and fifty two cents to two fifty two ninety. Box beef was mixed Monday. Choice steady at three hundred and one dollars and seventy nine cents. Select fell a dollar fifty nine to two hundred and seventy four dollars and eighty nine cents. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. This is walking the pens with Kelly Figpen, Pearsall Livestock. Sales on Wednesday. Kelly, how did it go? 
had a good sale there. He ended up with 680 head of cattle there today. All had about 140, I guess, cows and, and bulls. Uh, looked like that Packer cow bull market was some better this week, even, uh, I guess, dollar fifteen on the best cow. Didn't have any really outstanding bulls, but uh, close to dollar thirty on the better end of the bulls. So just really good, strong market there. Did have a few replacement cows in the mix, nothing real spectacular, but kind of 1300 to 1500 on some of the bred cows. Didn't really have too many pairs to stay together. The ones we did have kind of 14 to 17 on those. And then on the calf and yearling side of things, I thought it was plenty good all the way across the board some of those little lightest weight kind of cattle those 250 to 375 some of those little calves that are coming off pretty light pretty young or under a little bit of pressure you know not as many friends there but still selling good just not quite as high as they were if you find someone with some condition to them they'll they'll sure bring the money but those little fat ones coming right off the cows you know guys are pulling these calves light now it looks like you know a lot of lighter calves today just trying to get them off the cows anyway quality was sure good and i thought the market was just outstanding all the way across the board kelly thick pin pierce all livestock tell everybody how to get in on the action for next week call us there at the office 830-334-3653 mobile number is 830-334-1047 the website is pierceallivestock.com i'm larry marble you're listening to us right now on texas ag today August lean hogs traded 50 cents higher to 101.52. October lean hogs up $1.75 to 84.82. August class 3 milk up 13 cents to 17.33. September class 3 milk rose 44 cents Monday to 17.92 a hundredweight. Cotton traded higher on Monday as the drought and high temperatures take a toll on U.S. cotton yields. October cotton up 111 points to 86.38. December cotton up 105 points to 85.34. September corn down 2 to 4.82 and a quarter. December corn down 1.5 to 4.95 and 3 quarters. September hard red wheat up 17 and a quarter to 7.69 and 3 quarters. December hard red wheat up 13 to 7.82 and a quarter. September natural gas rose 15 cents to 2.73. October natural gas up 13 cents to 2.81. September crude oil down 68 cents to 82.14. October crude oil down 59 cents to 81.68. The Dow rose 386 points Monday to 35,452. The S&P 500 up 32 points to 4,510. And the NASDAQ rose 48 points to 13,958. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets. And that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.